Doing your taxes at the best of times is super annoying and also very difficult. When you start thinking about doing your taxes for crypto, it gets even harder to do, especially when you've got transactions going from staking, airdrops, as well as NFT trades. In this video, I'm actually chatting with the head of tax at Coinly, which is basically a platform that aggregates all of these wallets and blockchains together into one simple report that you can give to your accountant. It's exactly what I used. If you're interested in knowing more about Coinly, as well as what the ATO is actually looking at, and then some tips and tricks around tax, then definitely keep watching. Danny, thank you so much for joining me on uh, the channel, on the podcast. Uh, it's good to have someone from Coinly. Thanks very much, Ravi. I'm very excited to be on today. It's, um, you know, it's not every day that you get to talk to, you know, uh, new up and coming sort of companies and uh, people from those companies. It, it just helps with transparency, especially with how much is going on in the crypto space. So I'm, I'm very glad that you're here. Um, for, for the audience, if you can introduce yourself for the next, you know, 30 seconds or so, give it some background as to what you do at Coinly, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, Ravi. So I'm Danny Talwar, head of tax here at Coinly. Um, so based in Australia, but Coinly is obviously, you know, very, very, very global. And, and we certainly have a global presence with, with our staff and, and, and everyone working here. So um, I'd say the majority of the team are based out of London. And what we do is essentially um, we have a platform that aggregates data from exchanges, wallets, um, blockchains, all into one place. So an individual can have a portfolio tracker. Uh, but because we can connect through uh, API and also through CSV files, we get really granular level transactions um, and data that we can then use for tax purposes and and kind of generate tax reports um, from from there. And so, really, what the product does is it tailors um, those tax tax reports to each jurisdiction. So, um, Australia, for example, but you know we also have UK, US, Canada support. Um, so yeah, it's really just an easy to use platform that has everything in one place. Uh, personally, before I joined Coinly. I actually used used Coinly as a portfolio tracker um, rather than to to generate a tax report, uh, and and people generally do really see value in that portfolio tracker. Um, but yeah, really, um, the software is there kind of for individuals to really just see their portfolio from high level, make the best financial decisions they can with their portfolio, just having all the information in one place. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Uh, because I used it for the first time for the last financial year. And I was sort of going through the year and I'm like, you know, I'm pretty savvy with my finances. I could do this. And then I suddenly got involved with NFTs and it was, it was a minefield. Like you had staking, you had airdrops, you had a bunch of transactions. And I thought there must be a better option. Um, obviously you went through Coinly and got the report done and it made it so simple for my accountant and I uh, to go through that. So that's, um, you know, you guys have come across something really good that's going to help a lot of people. <laughs> That's awesome to hear. And, you know, that that's part of the thing that I'm loving at the moment is hearing these stories where we're helping people essentially get time back in their day and kind of save a lot of the hassle that goes with preparing tax reports and and also kind of the way in which people are trading crypto is just generating a whole new challenge for accountants as well. So hearing stories like that is really great. And do you guys um, feel like there is a bit of a gap between sort of the old school accountants and the new guys? Because even like when I've had chats with, you know, clients and what whatnot, they've gone, oh, my accountant doesn't know what an airdrop is or doesn't know what staking is. Um, so is that something that uh, you find as well that is still a gap? Absolutely, Ravi. So there is a huge gap. And I think part of the, the part of the thing is 
there's an education needed from an accountant's point of view to kind of upskill themselves into what crypto is, how people are trading crypto. You know, it's not all about getting the final number in the tax return. You really have to understand the intentions of people trading crypto to really make sure you've got the tax treatments right. Um, and so understanding that um, from first principles and really kind of breaking down, you know, what is crypto, what is the blockchain and the fundamentals is going to be something that's really, really important for accountants. Um, here at Coinly, we do try and kind of put that education piece out there. We have blogs and other kind of resources to help with that. Um, but certainly, you know, especially if there's any accountants listening, it, there is a real gap in that space um, for crypto experts. And what we're also seeing is the demand is there. So, so it's very much demand driven by investors holding crypto institutions now taking on crypto assets and on their balance sheet, for example. So, so what we're seeing is rather than accountants actually wanting to expand into the crypto area, perhaps because they find it interesting, we're actually seeing the demand there forcing accountants and tax agents to actually understand and learn about crypto, which I think is really, really interesting. Yeah, that is actually really interesting because it's almost forced on them because a bunch of clients are coming to them and saying, well, I've got these requirements. This is what I'm after. And they're going to have to sort of catch up uh, just as a result of that demand, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard stories from accountants, you know, saying, well, um, they've, they've had clients that have moved because they, the clients felt that they didn't understand crypto enough. And there's various accountants out there that are saying, you know, we understand crypto, we specialize in crypto. And, you know, they're building a big client base out of that because they can really capitalize on, on their knowledge. Um, so I think it's really, really interesting. We're obviously in a space that's moving very, very rapidly as well. So staying on top of the guidance um, coming out from the ATO, but also just internationally understanding what other countries are doing and how they're viewing crypto is really important just from a general regulatory perspective as well. I guess that's a perfect segue because you said internationally, some countries are now adopting it as obviously, you know, their official ledger, you know, their currency and whatnot. Um, is that something that is going to be universally viewed as a currency now? Is it a, is it an asset? Is it, how is, how is the, at the ATO or anyone else meant to make meaning of this? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. So the first, one of the first things we saw from the ATO in relation to cryptocurrencies um, was, was essentially an opinion from them to say, Bitcoin is not foreign currency, All right? And, and, you know, without getting into, in, into the trenches with the details here, if, if the ATO did view cryptocurrency or Bitcoin as a foreign currency, it wouldn't be treated as a capital asset. So capital gains or losses wouldn't apply. It would actually be treated on revenue account, which potentially means if you've made losses, you can offset that against your salary and wages if you're an ordinary investor. Now, the ATO came out very, very early on in 2014 and said, this is not the case. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is not treated as foreign currency. Now, what's really interesting is since 2014, obviously a lot's changed. The way in which people are using crypto assets has changed completely, you know, from your original kind of Bitcoins um, to now DeFi and NFTs. So um, what was really interesting is we're also seeing sovereign nations adopt cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin um, as legal tender, right? So El Salvador is a prime example. And just before tax time, um, just before 30th of June, Treasury actually came out and released a statement to say, we still we still stand by the original uh, opinion that was put by the ATO that Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies 
are not foreign currency. And that means that from an investor's point of view, it's still capital gains tax or CGT that that will apply. Um, so really interesting. And I think there's a bit of a philosophical debate there that will be had perhaps more widely, um, which is, you know, given that Bitcoin is now legal tender in certain countries, why isn't it foreign currency? And I think that's a debate that that definitely needs to be hashed out. Um, so so we, we perhaps will see that in the in the coming months or years. Yeah, that's very interesting. And what we have seen, I guess, with crypto is that it moves very quickly. So regulation, things like that could definitely come across very quickly. Um, but it can also change and adapt as well, because the space moves so quickly. I guess with um, the property side of things, you know, with real estate that gets treated with uh, as a capital gain as well, capital loss as well. So it'd be very similar for ATO right now in Australia to treat it the same way as crypto, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're holding rental properties, Ravi, I know you're 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 into this property space, so so perhaps very relevant. But yeah, um, I think it's very much treated as a as a capital gains tax asset or a CGT asset, as we call it. So um, your rental properties or or even your own property, for example, um, shares is another kind of similar example. Um, you know, a lot of people hold ETFs as well. Um, so really, kind of. The way ATO are viewing crypto is as an asset class that's investable. And, you know, generally they see people hold it as an investment rather than, you know, for foreign currency purposes, which, um, which again, yeah, is, is, is that kind of philosophical argument. Yeah, for sure. Now, jumping onto what Coinly does, obviously you guys, you know, generate those tax reports and things, um, but it's, it's not the it's not like a one solution where you know the the reports can act as your strategy and your accountant suddenly is no re longer relevant. Uh, it's probably a good time to give our disclaimer as well that you know we're not giving that sort of advice. Um, you're probably still you're definitely wanting to still seek out um, you know the the professionals in that space. Uh, so if you if you need an accountant or whatever, shoot me an email and I'll, I'll get you in touch with uh, some of the guys that we use. But what Coinly is doing is effectively branching all of those wallets, all of those blockchains to bring it into one simple report, which makes your process easier, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's interesting because a little bit of internal data from Coinly, you know, we find the average user has between three to five integrations. And so what people are doing is they're not just holding their funds on, for example, a Binance account or a SwiftX account. Um, they're transferring funds to wallets, you know, cold wallets um, or hard wallets. Um, Self-custody is a really big um, kind of feature of cryptocurrencies. And I think people are really kind of testing that and, and wanting to own, um, own their own private keys, for example. And so th what, that, what that means is the way in which people are trading cryptocurrencies and holding them is, is slightly more fragmented than what we see in traditional finance, where you, know, you may have your salary come on, on Combank, um, you may have your car loan or your mortgage, for example, in one place. Um, with cryptocurrency, it's, it's slightly different. You know, people are putting funds in DeFi protocols. Um, some of it's in storage wallets. Some of it's still on exchanges. Um, and so, so what that means is you don't have this single one track of where your crypto is and what the value is at any one point. And really, that's the, the gap that we're trying to bridge. That's fantastic because uh, especially for someone like me, I've got it across multiple places. Um, it, it is a nightmare to try and bring it all together. Um, now with, with the ATO, they've come out and they've said, hey, like we're keeping an eye on people who've traded crypto, bought or sold or even hold it. 
Um, is there truth behind the fact that you can hide your gains and you don't really have to show the ATO? <laughs> yeah, very good question. So this is a common common myth, I suppose, in the cryptoverse and the crypto landscape. So a lot of people think if they hold crypto assets, especially in kind of decentralized wallets like MetaMask, that the ATO can't track it and you know, out of sight, out of mind. And just want to be absolutely clear, that's really not the case, Ravi. So um, the ATO do have data matching programs in place with Australian exchanges. So what that means is when you when you sign up to an exchange and you pr produce your ID, your passport, your driving license, and you, you, you have a fiat on-ramp essentially, so you have your Australian dollars converting into, for, in, into cryptocurrency, uh, that's then a point of identification which exchanges have and can share with the ATO. Um, the other, the other thing to consider is everything's on chain and recorded. Blockchains are inherently traceable by nature, and you know, especially the public blockchains that people will be investing in. Um, the ATO know full well that that you know it's an open open ledger that that can be viewed and traced, and so with the data matching programs in place combined with the kind of power of blockchain technology being traceable um it really is um not a place to hide uh, and it and it's certainly not certainly not something to to consider uh, for tax time um i think what's also interesting is the ato have come out pretty strong on cryptocurrencies um before tax time this year and so they've actually said that crypto assets um and associated gains are there one one of four priority areas essentially ahead of tax time. Um, another one of those is record keeping, which I'm sure we'll come on to because that's very relevant for crypto assets. But um, it, it just shows that this is something the ATO are cracking down on. They'll be looking for this um, ahead of tax time, and yeah, just just make sure that 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 you do the right thing and and report your gains and and record losses because that's really important as well. Yeah, I mean, on that point, I learned. Uh fairly early on, that it's probably a lot less um, stressful to just declare what you need to declare. And, uh, you know, and that's just not for crypto. I'm talking about everything. And uh, as soon as I started doing that and started paying tax, I was like, you know what, I know there's people trying to, you know, evade it or, you know, whatever, trying to avoid that sort of stuff. I'm like, let's keep it clean. ATO loves me. I love the ATO. It is what it is. And we continue with business. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's a great way to look at it. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's something that will come, especially as the industry matures. So at the moment, I think the, the the demographics involved in the crypto asset space, you know, there's a lot of young people involved. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people involved in GameFi, for example, you know, playing Axie Infinity and the like, earning income from that, not necessarily realizing that they could be triggering taxable events. Um, and so, you know, as, as, as the industry grows um, and you know we see more and more institutions start to adopt crypto, I think this this kind of awareness will will kind of be uh, a lot a lot more generally available than it is now. Um, and so that's why one of the things we do at Coinly is really try and spread that message and and kind of have education to to help investors um, understand what they need to do. Oh, we definitely need it. Like even the conversations I have with people, it's you know, that we start off with some people buying a bit of Bitcoin and they leave it on an exchange. And then from there, it's just degen mode into like, you know, wrapping this and wrapping that and then, you know, buying a bunch of things and staking. So I think 
the part where there's the knowledge gap, uh, which needs to get filled. And obviously I try and do my best on the YouTube channel, but it, you know, it's just people like yourself, you know, uh, organizations like yourself that need to put it out there as well. And I think that's very important. Uh, and probably the reason, you know, why we're here as well, but it gives people assurance, you know, with who are behind organizations, you know, like, oh my God, is Coinly going to like F me over or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Get access to my data and this and that. Um, so I guess talk me through how big is Coinly now? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we've got just shy of a hundred people now in Coinly globally. Wow. And I think it's also really interesting in the way Web3 or crypto companies are operating at the moment is we're really trying to get the best people in the right jobs, no matter where they sit. And so geographic restrictions aren't so much of a factor for us when we operate on such a global basis. And so what that means is we have developers all over the world that are really, really strong on, you know, helping us with the best API integrations on exchanges and wallets. Um, we have a really strong team and, and kind of workforce behind us. Um, and that's kind of enabled through the, the whole global talent pool that we're able to access. That's really cool um, because you, you don't sort of realize it. Like I didn't even realize how big Coinly was until you just mentioned it. I knew that you guys had a few people, but not that many, uh, which is really exciting. So um, sort of walk me through um, what happens next in terms of, uh, you know, people love the predictions, people love thoughts on the market. You guys obviously have access to a lot of data as well as um, some research as well. Is there the thought that, um, you know, with crypto being around, um, what do we expect over the next three to five years, at least in your opinion? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So. Well, one of the one of the things I'd expect to see is is more and more regulation in general in the cryptocurrency and crypto asset space. And you know, I think I think on one hand you'll have perhaps you know your 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 blockchain maxis who believe in in decentralization to you know at its peak and and don't want regulation and and kind of any government intervention. But I think it's something that's inevitable. It's, it, you know, it's not a case of if, it's just a case of when. And so one of the things we'll see, particularly in Australia, is, is perhaps more regulation on you know, the financial asset front, um, you know, financial services in the crypto asset space, you know, businesses providing exchange exchanges or means to buy and sell cryptocurrencies will have more and more regulation in place. Um, I think my sense is that that's generally welcomed by the market. I think this this will help the industry mature in general. And certainly from a Coinly perspective, I think that's something that we really, um, really are ready for and, and are, are kind of interested to see that space develop. And I think obviously tax is a really big part of Coinly, but tax is only a small portion of regulation as a whole. And so I think we'll see more and more regulation as a whole develop. And what we're also seeing is global bodies such as the OECD um, that are coming together and understanding, well, how do we build a framework around crypto asset reporting for businesses, for example, and some kind of international alliance or um, alignment on these regulations will also be important to see over the next few months or, or years down the line. Yeah, look, I, I definitely agree. I think as much as we've, you know, Bitcoin was created with that intention to have a decentralized and all of that, I think 
to on-ramp more people and the wider population, we're going to need regulation to at least protect or, you know, make people feel like they're protected. Um, we've seen a few examples where even just this year alone where, uh, you know, you've seen projects quite well known go down, you've seen platforms go down as well. So, uh, it, you know, it's a welcome change, I think, for a lot of people. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 so, you know, essentially, as, as the industry matures and and gets more experience and we get more um professionals in this space i think regulation is going to be a really key factor going forward i think what's also interesting is you know the existing laws in place and i you know i, I come back to tax laws um weren't designed for digital assets it just wasn't you know it wasn't considered at the time you know some of our tax laws are so old um that you know it, it wasn't even around when when the internet or mobile phones were were, were invented and so what we'll see is i think a flexing of some of these regulations and rules to to accommodate for digital assets um and and you know hopefully we see that done in a in a reasonable way that that doesn't put too much burden on taxpayers from a compliance perspective, for example. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a it's the new world meeting the old world, and you got to adapt. Otherwise, you know, people just whoever adapts quickest wins. And, and it sort of seems like that now, where countries are really going. What's our Web three sort of strategy? Uh, you've got companies as well as countries doing that, where it's whoever can adapt and bring, you know, I guess a foundation for the new world is probably going to get the most attention, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess uh, before we finish up, and I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, thankful for your time as well. Um, you know, do you have anything sort of a 30 second or one minute uh, sort of talk to my audience? You know, if there was anything as a message that you wanted to pass on, this would be the perfect time to do it, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what would be good to cover is just a little bit about um, crypto and, 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 and when you're generating taxable events, as we call it. So generally, if you're an investor, um, you will have to be paying capital gains tax on any gains that you make. Um, and you also then essentially need to make sure that you record all of your transactions um, that lead to the gains. So you have to have really good record keeping. I mentioned earlier that was a second priority of the ATO ahead of tax time this year. Um, and so, you know, software like Coinly can, can help people do that, but they can, they, they can also work with their accountant and make sure that, you know, if they've got DeFi matters, for example, or really complex matters, they go and see an accountant that's kind of um, qualified in this space. Um, but it's just really important to remember that whenever you sell gift exchange or, or transfer crypto assets, you are creating a taxable event and you need to at that point consider you know, what are my tax obligations and, um, and, and really understand them because the onus is on you as the taxpayer um, to report that to the ATO. Yeah, that's a really good point because some people sort of find themselves trading into NFTs or trading into these things after the fact. And it's one of those things that now, obviously, when things are a bit more quiet, uh, as we get ready for whatever comes next, it's good to have those chats with the accountant, get the structures in place before you go ahead and start getting involved, um, you know, on that level. So, uh, look, thanks so much, uh, Danny, for your time. Uh, I appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll have you back on the channel uh, very soon. Thanks, Rari. Really appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. It's always very interesting to hear from different perspectives in the industry by people that have been around for a while. If you guys have enjoyed this, definitely smash that subscribe button, like it and share it with someone that is a bit confused around what Coinly or the tax system works around crypto. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.